Welcome. Welcome, family. Welcome. Come on in. Welcome to the Tip Tuesday podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 21st, 2023, and you're joining in with your host, Tiffany A. Hale. So happy to see everyone returning. We'll get ready for a great show and a great series. For the next couple of weeks, we are going to be talking about therapy and success or therapeutic services. And so when I say therapeutic services, I mean anything from therapy, counseling, mentoring, whatever it is that we do to help process our emotions and our state of mind um, to get great mental health so that we can be successful in whatever endeavors that we have. So tell someone to tell a friend, tell a friend that we will be airing every Tuesday for the next couple of weeks. This series is going to be so heavy that we don't want to wait two weeks in between and do it bi-weekly. We want to do air every week for the next couple of weeks. So thank you all for joining me. I appreciate you. I appreciate those who have followed us over to the Tip Tuesday podcast. And I'm excited about all of our new followers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So this is going to be a three-part series. We have a counselor coming on who's going to talk about women in the workplace and in business. She's going to be focusing on um, microaggressions in the workplace, code switching, all those types of things. She's phenomenal. She's walking in her purpose and in her passion. Um, We have an executive leader Um, of a major company, and he's going to come in and talk about emotional intelligence from his point of view and getting mentorship to help him. He's a black man and how it has helped him succeed in his endeavors and in his purpose. And he's not in business. He's um, at a company because we want to make sure that we are hitting every angle. Those who are not just in business, but in leadership and companies. And then we have a therapist coming on who works with black men and she is phenomenal as well. And so it was going to be a three-part series with those three um, people coming on, but I was asked the question and asked to come on um, and share a little bit of my journey. So as I told you all this season, I want to make sure that I am sharing more of myself personally and of my expertise. So before we bring everyone else on, I'm going to kick off the series, your girl, and I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite things, which is interpersonal communication. And there's a lot that falls under that umbrella, I know, but I'm just going to touch on a couple areas. And so I just want to give a few working definitions so we're all on the same page and just dive right in. And hopefully this will be a help to someone. So interpersonal communication is the information, ideas, and feelings being exchanged verbally or non-verbally between two or more people. And so in my opinion, interpersonal communication consists of two main facets, one being emotional intelligence, and I love dealing with emotional intelligence, and two, relational intelligence. And so since I have um, an executive leader coming on who's going to really dive into emotional intelligence, and I'll touch on it some today because emotional intelligence is the foundation for relational intelligence. Um, 
I'm going to focus more on relational intelligence and just give a little bit of my background and my backdrop and my backstory. So that's cool with you. Let's go forward. Let's start with a definition for emotional intelligence, um, which is the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in positive ways to relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, and overcome challenges and diffuse conflict. So like I said, I have my graduate degree in conflict resolution and dispute resolution. And people who kind of work in that area of conflict resolution or managing conflict, they um, are highly emotionally intelligent because they have to be able to be aware of their own biases, of their own opinions, their own emotions, and then reconcile that while being aware or perceiving other people's emotions and other people's biases. And so being able to not only perceive it, but to work with those people. And so emotional intelligence gives us our capacity to have relational intelligence, but relational intelligence goes a step further. When you have relational intelligence is how to choose and maintain the different relationships in your life. And so when I'm coming from this standpoint tonight, it'll be more like professional relationships, business relationships, um, purpose relationships, things of that nature, Um, because you can have, I found, and like I said, I'll give you my backdrop. I found that you can have emotional intelligence and still not have relational intelligence. But as you grow in emotional intelligence, you should be growing in relational intelligence. So I'm an inner city kid. I grew up in the inner city of Chicago. I went to Chicago public schools my entire life, grammar school, and I went to high school in Chicago. And so when I went off to school, I went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And I think that's when I really began to get exposed to um, the level of emotional intelligence and relational intelligence I had because I was dealing with so many different groups of people. So when you are in one space or one area or one community for most of your life, and then you transition to another area, another community, and you're exposed to lots of different groups of people, it can be a challenge to communicate effectively with people who do not communicate as you do. And so I, part of emotional intelligence is having an accurate perception of yourself. And I think I did for the most part, but maybe not how I should have had. And so I, I credit one person and she was very good with letting me know I always thought I was a great communicator. And this one person, she let me know she was in school. She was older than me. Actually, she's one of my sorority sisters now. And she talked about how much I talked with my hands and would let my hands talk more than my um, dialogue. And I'm like, no, I, even if I'm talking with my hands, I know that what I'm saying is coming across effectively. And she's like, no, sometimes what your gestures say and what you're saying in your conversation are totally different. And I'm like, 
okay. And so I had to honestly look at what she was saying and how I was being perceived because I want what I'm saying to be taken properly or taken appropriately or taken in the right way. And so is my body language saying something different than what my conversation is saying, what my dialogue is saying, what my tone is saying. And I began to realize that my body language, my hand gestures, my communication style, they were effective for the groups of people I was used to being around. But when I got around someone else who maybe wasn't used to that, I wasn't being perceived in the most impactful way that I could have been perceived or that I wanted to be perceived. And so that was like the open door for me. And I began to become aware intentionally of how I was speaking. And um, and it has nothing to do with changing yourself. Let's start here. We're not talking about changing yourself. We're talking about just becoming aware of the energy that you're giving off or if you're giving off mixed signals from your body language and your dialogue. For instance, if someone comes up and tells you good morning, but nothing about their face says good morning, then they're probably not effectively communicating because their words are saying one thing, but their body language or their gestures are saying another thing. And remember, interpersonal communication is not only verbal communication, but it's also nonverbal communication. And so there we we have that. And I began to work on that. And let's fast forward to like first job out of school, getting a career. And I want to talk about this because this is so important to us as a people, because we have so many roadblocks. We have so many hindrances set against us in society already that it is my passion that we do not be a hindrance or a roadblock to ourselves with things that we can do to work on to improve ourselves, which no one can hinder our communication, but ourselves. No one has control over your communication, but you. No one has control over my communication, but me. So this is one area in life, in business, in the workplace that we cannot fault anyone else on how we communicate, how we articulate ourselves, and how we present ourselves as a whole, body, gestures, and language. And so I'm I'm in this like business, I'm in this career place. I know how I feel. I can perceive how others feel. At this point, I think that I'm operating in a high emotional intelligence rate. But where I was lacking was relational intelligence. And where I'm bringing this up, because this is where mentorship and counseling is key. I believe in counseling, been in counseling on and off, go to a counselor any season of my life that I needed. But one thing that is consistent with me is mentorship and that I always suggest mentorship be consistent with others in the tribe. If you want a business, you should have a business mentor. If you want a ministry, you should have a ministry mentor. If you want to be an executive leader, you should have an executive leader mentor. Um, Parent, marriage, all of that. I think that whatever areas we are embarking on and we want to be successful in, we should have mentorship in our lives. And when I began to get mentorship, I participated in this mentorship program at work. And it was for something like future rising leaders, because 
I had my path set out. I'm going to be the administrator of a health, a healthcare system. And I came in the door working my, you know, let me work my plan. Let me get my plan and let me work my plan. And little did I know, I, because I felt I was always smart, but when you get around other people, you realize that it, it, it shows you your rough, your rough spots. And uh, I began to see my rough spots, my rough spots in communication, my rough spots and how I um, presented myself or my feelings or my emotions. So I really had to grow in managing my emotions, managing um, my face gestures, not being phony, but managing them so that I have self-mastery over me that no one can just do anything at any point in the workday and it sends me out of here. So working on that and I'm working up the career ladder. And so they partnered me with a black woman. And I just, I, you know, <laughs> when you want something and you really want to be all that God wants you to be, God to give you opportunities that you don't even know are divine opportunities. And so they partnered me when they first suggested me for me for the program. I thought two ways about it. And said, well, I definitely want to move up. So I'm glad I'm being partnered with an administrator. But what they trying to say, because I'm really doing pretty good over here on my own as well. But that wasn't the point. I got with this black woman. She was an administrator. She was in the program. And she is one of the first people who helped me to realize my relational intelligence was about here. And you're smart. You're emotionally intelligent but you are not making the wisest decisions in your career, who you should be connecting with and why. So we say relational intelligence is making wise decisions, choosing who should be in your life and where they should be in your life for where what you need to do and how you need to fulfill purpose. That's basically what she was telling me without telling me that. Every person you allow in your life should have a purpose and you should have the emotional intelligence to know where to place them in your life. No one should come in my life or your life and tell us where they should be placed. If we allow someone or an opportunity in our lives, we should know ourselves enough, perceive their emotional intelligence enough to know where to place them in our lives. And so sometimes we can be in workplace environments. We can be in business environments. We can be in ministry environments. We can be in family environments. And when we get triggered, we'll make decisions that are not best for our long term or our long run or what we're doing for our purpose. And um, so I've seen this with people they're in a business or a job that's really going to get them where they need to go, but not wanting to, if they get mad or pride comes up, they will disconnect from a good business connection, a good professional connection, because sometimes we want to prove can't, no one can't talk to me no way, that way. No one's going to do me like this. No one's going to do me like that. Sometimes we need a dose of humility because people really are not disrespecting you. Sometimes people are doing positive criticism or critiquing. And because of our level of emotional intelligence, we can't take that. But if we learn to take some of it in, it will increase our capacity to be able to choose who should be in our lives and who shouldn't. 
And this is where counseling has come in for me and mentorship as well. Like I said, I grew up, you know, inner city kind of type neighborhood. And it was just one of those things where, you know, if you're, if you're my friend, you're my friend. If you're not my friend, you're not my friend. And so we learn to have people in our lives according to if they're our friend, if they're our acquaintance, if they're our best friends. Let me tell you something. The only people in your life should not be your friends and family. And if that's all that you have in your life, I promise you, I can show you a ceiling where that person is limited. Everyone in your life shouldn't be a friend. There should be some mentors. There should be some coaches in your life. There should be some people who are there for a season, whether you're pouring into them or they're pouring into you. And this is where we make wise decisions for business, for leadership, for relational opportunities. And so it begins to groom us. The more relationally intelligent we become, it begins to groom us to even be able to recognize opportunities that we probably otherwise wouldn't have recognized. And so as I began to say, hey, let me manage my emotions. Let me be aware of who I am, what my triggers are, what my triggers are not. Um, emotional intelligence includes empathizing with other people and their emotional um, capacity and then choosing where you place them, choosing where this opportunity play, um, places as priority in your life. So when I was in administration, one thing I noticed, and please hear me on this, some of the smartest people, most hardworking at work every day on time, never got promoted. And this has nothing to do with race. So nope, let's put the, I, I, does racism exist? Absolutely. Colorism, all that. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about where people, like people want to promote you. People know that you're good, but you or I, we cannot even manage ourselves enough to manage people. If you can't control or be aware of who you are, how you are, and how you're perceived, you cannot. You cannot lead other people. You cannot manage other people. And it will be almost impossible for you to recognize divine opportunities that are coming your way for you to progress in business and in relationship. So what do I mean by that? If you are unaware of um, a certain way that you present yourself or a certain way that you come off to people, there's no way in the world you can lead another person or coach another person or another team to be a certain way or to achieve a certain goal. And so sometimes we are just blind. It's not that we can't do it. Sometimes we have blind, um, we're blindsided. And we don't want to hear it from anyone at work because it's almost maybe a little embarrassing sometimes for someone to come and say, hey, you're smart, you're hardworking, but, you know, you just don't have the capacity to for us to elevate you into this area or that area. And, then, you know, sometimes people will say, well, you know what, forget these people. I'm going and I'm starting my own business. I'm about to tell you right now, you really need some emotional intelligence and relational intelligence to start your own business because you still have to deal with people. You're going to work twice as hard in your own business than you ever would anyone else's company. And you have to deal personally and directly with people who you know, may not like you, may not like what you're doing, may not support you. You 
somebody doesn't like the company you work for, that's on the company. You know, you're still getting paid. Whether these people like you or not in the company, you're still getting paid. You may not get promoted, but you're still getting paid. And so emotional, I, I say all the time, some people, and I, I said this before, we, let me just say this, our people, our tribe are some of the most talented, smartest people on the face of the earth. I put no one above the talent and the intuitiveness and the wittiness that we have. But we have to be willing to express and process who we are internally, mentally, and emotionally so we have the capacity to succeed on every level in this here thing called life. Business, relationships, and also employment, if you're in the workplace, if you're in leadership in any capacity. And so sometimes because we cannot get that feedback from people we know just because there is a, um, a defense up or there's a block up or there's a guard up, well, we can be embarrassed in the workplace or in business when um, someone says something to us. And I'm going to be transparent with you all. I was, before I became an administrator, when I was still in the workplace, um, like I said, I was working, working my way up. I worked really hard. Um, I, I was, I was smart and I knew what I was doing. And I always got analytical jobs because I, I like, you know, just analyzing things and critiquing. I'm a critical thinker and I've always been a writer. You know, I love to write. But the director of the program told someone it was a it was a position coming up and it was like right under it wasn't I don't remember what level it was. It wasn't director level or anything like that, but it would have started putting me up the ranks. And he told someone he wanted to promote me. He thought I would be perfect for the job, but he didn't like the way that I wrote. And he just didn't have the time to train me in the way that he, you know, needed for me to, to write for this position. It devastated me <laughs> because I thought I was a great writer, like, well, um, but for where I was trying to go, apparently, apparently not. <laughs> and um, this person ended up telling me. And like I said, I had a, a, a mentor and I went and I told this mentor because I was in my emotions and because I was in my emotions, I was young, y'all. I was in my twenties. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and speak to this person. Like, I wish, I wish I would speak to him. I wish I would speak to his own self. You know, he don't somebody I can write. I'm one of the greatest writers I know and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, you're missing the opportunity. If someone tells you you have everything it takes to be in a certain position you want to go to, except for this, do you walk in the office and just stop speaking to them? Or are you going to work on this? And are you going to communicate with them and let them know, hey, I've noticed some shortcomings that I have in certain areas, and I'm actually working on this. I'm working with someone and I'm working on this. Do you mind giving me some of the grants that you write so I can begin working on them, trying to write them, even though you have you know, a person who writes your grants, who writes your research papers. Let me see what it is that someone does on that level, because obviously what I'm doing on this level is not good enough for that level. So let me see what um, 
someone who does on that level. And even though I'm not getting paid for it, I'm taking it home on my own time to write. And then can you critique it for me whenever you get a chance? That's relational intelligence. Not cutting him off. Me coming in the office, having an attitude with him wasn't going to do anything for me. Nothing at all. Because he had what he had and you know, he, he was secure in what he was doing, but obviously there was something I was missing. And so it took a mentor to come into my life to speak to me in a way that made me humble myself and just say, hey, you're good for where you're at. But if you want to go further, you need to improve in some areas. And if you have someone who says, hey, you need to improve in this area, you don't need to cut that relationship off because they said you're not as good as you think you are. You need to actually grab hold of that relationship so that you can improve in that relationship. And so that just began a journey in me to not be offensive or defensive when someone shows me something that I may think is great. And it's probably great for where I'm at. But when people who are further than you know that you need more to go where you're going, then we want to be able to take that in. Not that every time someone tells you something is going to be the right thing, but we need to be able to have a heart posture where we can take it in, be emotionally intelligent enough so where we can process it without bias and say, hey, you know what? When I look at how I do this, it could be better. You know, I probably am great at um, writing a research abstract, but I'm probably not that great at writing a grant. And I know that if I want to go to this position, I need to be able to know how to write grants. So, um, and mentorship is what helped me with that. That's why I'm big on coaching. I'm big on mentorship. I am huge on not reinventing the wheel. People, if you know me at all, I always say, talk to me. If you have any questions, talk to someone who's been there, please don't jump out here and say, oh, that worked for them, but I'm going to do it my own way because I'm going to show them I'm going to do it my way. You're wasting time. You're wasting weeks, months, or years. Please forget about it. Your unique purpose is going to make you unique in business, in the workplace. Do not spend your time reinventing the wheel. Get a coach. You know what a coach or a mentor or counseling does? It takes you further, faster. Will you get where you need to go with your God-given talent and abilities and hard work and dedication? Absolutely. Do you want to get there faster? Without doing every, having to relearn, some some stuff took people 10 years to learn and they'll say, hey, I'll teach it to you in a couple months if you want to know. And so we want to have these type of skills. So we want to go beyond just um, our God-given ability and natural talents. And we really want to start prospering mentally, emotionally, because I promise you, it makes the difference as you, you may not think it makes the difference when you're around people who maybe are just like you think just like you perspective are just, is just like yours. And, um, and, and so it makes it seem like nothing is wrong or you don't need to improve. 
always be around people that make you want to improve, not be who they are, but improve yourself, work on yourself, get productive connections. This is what I want for our tribe. Be so relationally intelligent that we're getting fruitful and productive connections. Your only connections, they just can't be our friends, people. They just can't be people who are just like us. We have to have people in our circle who push us, who drive us, who motivate us, who correct us, who train us, whatever their purpose is, even if it's for a season. Let's expand in our relational capacity. Relationships are important. People are important. Connecting with people are important. Being aware of your own emotions and empathizing with other people's emotions. It's important. And I promise it's going to get us someplace. So like I said, I just wanted to kick this off. I wanted to talk about how important it is to be relationally intelligent. Because it'll just make sense when you hear what's coming forth from the counselor, the therapist, the executive leader that we have coming. I'm so glad you joined us today. This podcast is really taking off. Get the word out there. Let people know that Tip Tuesday is on YouTube at 7 p.m. In fact, do me a favor. If you haven't already, subscribe, comment, like, share. Uh, we appreciate everyone in this tribe. You all know that we are, y'all my tribers, the tribers, <laughs> the Tip Tuesday tribers. We are a family as always, anything I can do to help, you can email me at admin at tiptuesday.net. Again, that's admin at tiptuesday.net. Share this. We'll be on next week. We'll be letting everyone on know that we're back on next week. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God just blesses your intention, your drive, your work, your do, and your know-how. And until next time. See you then. Bye-bye.